Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another Destiny Changing Word by David Entry from one of our Revival Seeking Youth Services. If you want to control your world, catch the word. Be blessed. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ, grace be unto you, or grace be to you, and peace from God our Father and from the, from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God the Father, God the Father and, blessed be the God and the Father of, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he has chosen us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Amen. Amen. Verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one, in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Amen. Amen. Let's read verse 10, Ephesians 1.10. Can you give it us in the, in the um, Amplified and then we will, go, we will try the American, New American Standard Version. Then we will try the English Standard Version. So Amer- uh, Amplified, English Standard, and then American Standard the amplifier said that he planned for the maturity of the times and the climax of the ages to unify all things. Okay, So God planned for the maturity of times and the climax of the ages to unify all things. To, uh, to unify all things and head them up and consummate them in Christ. Both things in heaven. Let's look at the other version. With a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the time. Today I'm going to teach you something very heavy. It's, I pray that I stay focused. If I stay focused, some of you can't take it. But it will take it will be meat to chew for the rest of your life as a Christian. It's, it's quite heavy. All right. That's it. The problem is, you read the Bible. This this sounds very convoluted, isn't it? With a view to an administration suitable to the fullness 
of the times. What's the meaning of that? No, even if you're an English professor, this will be a problem. There are so many of them in the New Testament, especially Paul's writings. It's loaded with so many. For instance, um, the one that comes readily to mind is um, Ephesians chapter 1, I think verse 18. Yeah, verse 18. When he says that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glories of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What's the riches of the, of the glories of his inheritance in the saints? It's not straightforward. But the one we read previously, we just read, is more a problem than even the previous one. But in places like this are hidden gems. But it's not grammar that makes you understand. But revelation, listen to what I mean. I am not saying that there are things written that you just read it and say, God is giving special revelation, and the grammar doesn't say it. The grammar must agree with what you are saying. So if we break the grammar into comprehension, if we talk about comprehension, anybody at all who has good understanding of English literature should be able to understand what is meant. But in application, how does it... What's really, what's the meaning in application? You know, you can read something and understand what the text is saying, but what is the meaning? I'm talking more about what is the meaning. In the first place, even if you take it on the surface, with a view to an administration, that's understandable. But before you, is administration suitable? Administration suitable, okay. To the fullness of the times. Ah. What does that mean? Administration suitable to the fullness of That's interesting. That is the summing up of all things in Christ. It's not getting very interesting. So that seems to be understandable more readily than the other one. So that's why I say I'm explaining it. That is to say, he summed up everything, all things, in Christ. Say, in Christ. In Christ. Say, in Christ. In Christ. All things, he said, just for you to know, things in heaven, things in the heavens, and things on the earth. In him. Christianity is all about in him. In him. Where do you live? In him. Where do you live? In him. Do you say Peckham? Where do you live? Amen. Your identity should be, you know, Paul, Paul said that all things are count lost that I'll be found, verse 9, 3, Philippians 3, 9, be found in him. This is so Christian that if you are not a Christian, you have to be taken systematically to understand justification, forgiveness of sins for this to make sense to you. If you don't appreciate forgiveness, if you don't really know what the importance of forgiveness, forgiveness of sin is, this in him thing doesn't mean anything to you. That's why catechism, Christ, genuine, pure Christian catechism should start with the fundamentals. And what are the fundamentals? Salvation. I, why are you a Christian? You don't even know what salvation is about. What kind of Christian is this? 
the fundamental salvation, which then begins to bring to bear the terms I was teaching you. Justification, sanctification, just, uh, 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 redemption, uh, forgiveness of sins. Woo, I love that one a lot. Forgiveness of sins and a reconciliation. Me and God is, is okay. The Bible says me and God is okay. That's reconciliation. We're fine. We're fine. It's okay. Can you, have you seen some people who used to be together? Maybe they were in, a, in love or romance or something, and they became enemies. They're fighting. Later on, they, you saw them together. If I said, well, you said, oh, we're fine. We're fine. We're now cool. We're cool. We're cool together. You know, you and God is okay. Yeah, you're fine. Tell someone, me and God, we're fine. Yeah. Hey, be careful as you are saying it. Don't lie. <laughs> so back to the text. The um, New America, to some all things in him. We'll come back to that. Now let's go to the ESV, English Standard Version. That's what ESV means. As a plan for the fullness of time to unite you see that that's that phrase the first one as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him things in heaven and things on. so you see this is shorter it's a bit manageable let's look at as a plan as as a plan for the fullness of time look at the previous uh, uh, version with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness. See, the fullness of time is coming back. But with a view as a plan, with a view to, uh, to an administration. Say administration. Administration. Okay, so um, with this and NASB. With a view, okay, let's see how King James puts it. I'm teaching you how to do Bible studies. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather. So you see, with the plan, the other one says, or with the with with um, English and version, in English and version, as a plan for the fullness of time. American Standard Version, American, sorry, uh, New American Standard Version, with a view to an administration suitable for the fullness of time. I'm leaning more towards this. I really like this one. The uh, King James and the New King James. King James, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, a certain word. The other one say administration. This one say dispensation. Did Did you notice that word? Dispensation. Administration. The other one say plan. Okay. A plan. New King James. That's New King James saying any different. In the dispensation of food, that's New King James. Now, let's go to the Amplified. See, I've not mentioned some of those baby ones, baby screen, uh, baby patients. That one may take us off completely. Because <laughs> he planned. And dispensation, the fullness of time, he said, he planned, that's actually dispensation, he planned for the maturity of the times, that's the fullness of the time. And the climax of the ages, ooh, that's even climax, you know what climax is? When you hit the climax, 
<laughs> really, sometimes you can't go beyond the climax. You're done, you're done. Finish. <laughs> Gradually moving towards the climax. Say the climax. Not the climate, the climax. What's the meaning of climax? Peak. Peak what? The highest point. Yeah. The highest point you can get. <laughs> this is amplified. I actually like that one. <laughs> because the climax is there. <laughs> For the maturity of times and the climax of the ages. For the maturity of time, that means time is growing. Growing. It's growing. It's growing. It's growing. It's growing. At what point in time do we say time has finished growing? I'm drawing your attention to something. At what point in time do we say time has now finished growing? But was there a time when time was born? This is philosophical, isn't it? Was there a time, if time is growing, on every timeline you can see a beginning. And climax on the timeline is meaning when, so when you are into project management, on the timeline you can see when everything is starting and what should follow, what should follow, what should follow. What, any pro, project manager should have a timeline and the timeline must have the beginning and the climax. So by that, if we are trying to erect this stage and we have to start by laying carpet or buying the carpet, you might not even think about the screen because you don't know there's a screen coming. All you think is we are buying carpet to put it here. Then after the carpet was put here, you think you are, you are done, only to realize that you finish your job and go, but there's someone who builds stage. The person comes in, but he can't come in until Moses has finished his work. Wow. So there is a program, there's a timeline, and everybody comes to play a role at that timeline. That's why in the fullness of time, God sent for his son. Jesus couldn't have come before David. He couldn't have come before, and David couldn't have come before Abraham. And Abraham is not an afterthought. It wasn't an accident that he was so good a person, God decided to do some things with his life. No! He was part of the plan. Oh. Because there is a climax. And so everyone you see mentioned has, was planned. Did you see that word? Remember the word? Yeah. Yeah. The plan. Oh, God's got a plan. Put the plan in ESV. As a plan. And what was the plan? For the, towards the climax. The plan was not just for now and you go. Just bless me, Lord, and let me go. I need a marriage. I need a man. I need a job. I need a... No, 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 please. But that, there's a plan. There's a program. God has an eternal plan. He's a program project manager. 
interested in someone's wife since you are a child, doesn't mean he has to change his plan to now make, make it it's okay to marry somebody's child, somebody's wife. Because you're a child, you're born like that. Since you're a child, you've always been interested in people's wives. So, God should change them. He's changed his system of operating so because it has, he has to include you. And you, you want him to change for you to fit in. Not that you won't change to fit in his plan. He should change to fit you small, you small, maggoty kind of thing. There's a plan before you were born. But when, when did this plan even start? Oh, what, what you haven't realized? I read it in Ephesians, but you didn't realize it. Oh, we, haven't, we haven't gotten anywhere, but everything is coming together. Say there's a plan. plan. Say there's a plan. plan. And there's a climax. climax. I I think there's also an anticlimax. What's an anticlimax? A a disappointing end to an exciting or impressive series of events. You have come to church. Look at how you are preaching to people on the streets. Look at how you are doing well in the choir. Look at how you are doing well in the ashes. Look at how you feel when you are listening to preaching. Every day preaching is going on. You are listening to it at home, playing messages. And you feel like, oh, this thing shouldn't end. This exciting sequence of events that have been happening, how come you have aborted it? Because you want to follow some guys. You are a big anticlimax of this whole move. So, I'm trying to draw your attention to a certain very essential point that you being in church is not the end. It's just part of the procedure. God is working something. If God is true, then he's actually working something particularly in your personal life. So you are sitting in the crowd, but you are very particular. Your life, every event that has happened in your life, he has been keenly interested. Because before your mother formed, your mother conceived you, he said, that one is going, is part of my plan. He said, that one was part of my plan. Because this plan started before any human being came. So, if we have the climax of time, we have the beginning of time. And when, did, when, when was this plan hatched? Look at Ephesians chapter 1 again, verse 4. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. I need you to do me a favor, please. If you don't mind, I know you have your Bibles, but shall we all read it together from the screen? All right, let's go. Let's read the first um, sentence. To, it ends at the comma. Let's go. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Read it again. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Louder for the last time. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. He, some people were chosen. Chosen in Christ. Mm-hmm. 
Just don't forget, it says that his, his plan, his plan is to, is, his plan, it has a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things where? In him. Where were we chosen? Just as he chose us in him. And all the action is happening in him. So now that you are in, other things are coming to. He's bringing other things in. Not because he has so you see, when people say, if there is God, why is it that people are suffering in Namibia? Have you actually asked where God is when you were fornicating? When you were watching the pornography? If you are genuine, start from there before you come and ask me about people in Syria. Start from there. Start from there and stop this hypocrisy. Uh, but people, uh, people, uh, uh, people I, I care about people. Really? Uh, all this, you know, I have a, I really care about when people are suffering. Really? It's because it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good. Have you thought about what makes God feel good about your behavior? And because it makes you feel good, you want him to accept that and it will change and do things the way you think. Come on, these people are mad. Yes, yeah. it's, it's, it's not fair. It's not fair that somebody, he just slept and the, the, the building just earthquake. If there's God, why didn't he stop the earthquake? He would have stopped, shut your computer when you were doing a pornography last night. He would have come after your computer or your phone. Your phone would have frozen and turned green. All right. Yeah. When you were stealing that, when you were doing the fraud, you didn't ask where, where God is. When somebody's money, you were stealing somebody's money from the bank. You didn't ask where God is. And hypocrite like you, you are telling me you care about people. People are suffering. Uh, where if this, this whole thing about God, this whole thing about go on like that till the AIDS, HIV catches up with you. when you are misbehaving and in your sin you have to be careful and humble Let me, so that just in, just in case there is God this your, your nonsense sin doesn't hurt you without recovery just in case there is God because you know what you are doing is bad but you can't stop it you know, you know this drug thing you are doing you know it's bad you know it's bad. You can't tell me it's, it's right. You know it's bad, but you can't stop it. Because it, the thing has you. You are not in charge of yourself. So then, if you are doing what is bad, you have to make room before you start talking plenty, joining people to talk about, again, blasphemous comments. What if it turns out to be that there is God? You, with these things you are doing, God is going to come after you. You will burn in the hottest part of hell. You understand what I'm saying? So when you know you are doing doing something wrong, don't be so busy trying to pick on the government. You know you you are driving without insurance. You are are driving a stolen car. Don't be busy trying to say, oh, this government, they are not protecting us. They are not, meanwhile, they know about you. You They are not protecting us. Crime is on the rise, but you are the criminal. What do is the crime? <laughs> so you know when people are talking about they are not pretending there's crime on their line, you just hmm. yeah, maybe government, I don't know. That's why you can't trust government. Yeah, just keep quiet something. 
Because if you say, yeah, yeah, they have to do more. They have to do more. They will start with you. <laughs> they will start with you. I'm just trying to tell somebody, when people are in sin and they are blaspheming, they should be careful because God will start with them. And you don't want God to start with you. He has not got anything to lose sending you to hell. Because in the first place, you have never been part of his plan. Your burning in hell is also a plan. You see, you see what the bad pastors and preachers and bishops have done to the community by preaching a, a God who really does not exist. A God who doesn't judge sin doesn't exist. Do you hear what I say? A God who cannot judge and will not judge sin, it does not exist. Even Islam will tell you Allah will, will punish you. A God who does not judge sin and punish sin, he doesn't exist. Which some of these churches are busy trying to push. He's, he's, he's a, a spineless God. And in the name of his full of love. What kind of, what, what is this love that does not have reason? Love that doesn't have reason. If he's a love, God of love and he loves this one so much, if you mess up with her, he should be able to react to you. Else he's not really love. You are calling for overlooking your, your hurting her love. But he's saying that that's not love. So once there's a law, a lawgiver, then he will deal with you based on the law. And that is also love. Is someone getting what I'm saying? Yes. They are preaching a God who doesn't exist in the Bible. Some of them are big men, big bishops. But preaching what doesn't exist. A God, they are, they are giving us a certain God. It's not in the Bible. It's not, this is not the God of the Bible. This is not a God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who sent Jesus Christ to die on the sin, uh, on the cross. They, they killed him. Men killed him. They brutally maltreated him because that was the plan. And you say, but how can that be love? Actually, he's doing that because of your sins. The love for you makes him do what he did. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. God demonstrated his love to us this way, that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ had to die for sinners. That's, a, that's love. But how can that be love? Because that meets demands of love and demands of justice. So you were hurting, hurting her and the, 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 the lawgiver who is also the lover is there. And because you are hurting her, he has to punish you for hurting her. At the same time, he also loves you. And the punishment will, get, will annihilate you, will wipe you out. But he wants you alive. And so he has to now find a system that will make the punishment be executed at the same time you will live. So then, because of his love for us who are criminals, he has to find a way of exercising his anger towards crime, and not crime, sin, sorry. There's a difference between crime and sin. His anger towards sin. Because in China, if you preach and gather people without the government's authorization, it's a crime. But it's not a sin. All right. 
Let me go back to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. I haven't actually started preaching, Pastor. Wow. Just as God chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Also, the world has foundation. The world has a beginning. Say it's a plan. It's a plan. So, Watch this. Did God create the world? Yes. If he created the world, then there must have been a purpose. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God's eternal plan. He had a plan. So we have taken, we have populated the earth doing our own thing. It looks like his plan has been shelved. No, it has never been shelved. But within his plan, he, has, he also planned to allow us Give us allowance to choose what we want to do. Because he has a plan at the climax of time to also deal with the, how to deal with those who chose to reject him. It's also part of the, the plan. God has a plan. In Romans chapter 9, Romans chapter 9, verse 22 and 23, it tells you part of the plan. This is amazing text, a very, very serious text. What if God wanting to show his wrath? Say his wrath. His wrath. I think this time, let's, let me try and see how the um, new, no, the message Bible put it. <laughs> to, designed to show what? God has anger. Those people are trying to pretend like God can't be angry. Because how can you be angry if you are God? How can you not be angry if you are holy? Yeah. In the presence of sin. Mm. Sin must be appalling to you if you are holy. Right? Yes. It just must be. Else you are really not holy. So God has to have wrath. Because there is a Satan of sin. Well, look at the message and not the other one. And New Living Translation. This one has no say. You see, it, it hides, some of these things hide the waters down and hide something. But sometimes it uses nice way of putting it. In the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger and his power, he is very patient with those on whom his anger falls who are destined for destruction. Do you know what destined, destination means? When you look at verse two, three, four, final destination, some people are destined for destruction. It's also part of the plan. It's also part of the plan. It's appointed unto man wants to die and after that judgment. Why? Because it's part of the plan. God never forces, someone says, there is no God, I don't believe. Two questions. One. In what way can that change God? <laughs> A typical example. Me, I don't believe King Charles is king. They don't believe him. I will never accept him as king. Listen, I came from Africa. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> if I was a billionaire, at least, even though it hasn't changed anything, at least they, they will be interested in what, what that guy has got to say. But you don't have money. You are nobody. 
you, you were born somewhere. You come here. You are telling us that I, I don't like, I don't like Injasu. He's not a king. What does it change? There are people who don't like the current Indian prime minister. <laughs> but he's still the prime minister. It hasn't changed anything. So one, if you say, I don't believe God is this, and I don't believe in God, all this, 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 it doesn't affect God in any way. It doesn't have, you can choose to burn in hell. Just, yes, I want to hell. No problem. When you get there, then you understand what God meant by hell. Yeah. You haven't seen it, that's why you think it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen it. A, a, a young man, a young man says, I don't care. You can put me in prison. I'll, I'll murder somebody. They can put me in prison. He doesn't know because he doesn't have a plan for his life. And he, he doesn't know that he wants to be important in life in future. He hasn't seen the future. That's why he's talking rubbish. I don't care if I go here. I'm in. Is that how they put it? I'm in. I've been in. I've been in. I don't care. It will affect you. It will affect your credit rating. Your credit history. It will affect you. It will affect you. Dear Richard. Is it, uh, See, see, DBS, yes. You affect a permanent DBS check. Maybe you could have been one of the finest national leaders. But you, you didn't know your future. So you followed vain people. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You see, the fact that you are thinking, having there been people whose education doesn't matter. And afterwards, you are looking for a job to be a cleaner in your classmates' company. You thought it wasn't, it didn't, it, it didn't matter. Because your thinking and your perception about life was so limited, was so myopic, was so small. You thought I'm fine now. You are growing, you find out that you are never fine. Yeah. Just that you don't have advices and you are not wise. Wow. That's what that's a, it's a pure, it's classic lack of wisdom. So people say, I don't, I don't care, I don't care what I sleep with. It's my body, it's my body, until you have a terminal illness. He says, it's my body. It, that body will rot very soon. And it's not the death, but the pain and the sickness. Sickness is such a bad thing. I don't like sickness. It's not nice to be sick. So when I see someone sick, it breaks my heart. It's not nice to be sick. So those who say that the God, Jesus has stopped healing. Please, please. I don't know what Jesus you are following. The Holy Ghost is still the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so you might say, I don't care. If God is warning you about a problem ahead, you better listen. Because you, it will hit you. Just that you don't know how bad it's going to be like. Well, let's go back. He said, when were we chosen? Some people are chosen. Chosen. He chose us in the way, in the same way. If, if, oh, you've gone to, oh, sorry, I forgot I was reading here. It's good anyway. Let me finish this one. So, in the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger and his power, he is very patient with those who, on whom his anger falls. Some people, his anger is falling on them. Look at the next verse. He does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those to whom he shows mercy. So you see, there are two doors here. There are people his anger is falling and there are some is showing mercy. It's all part of the plan. And he says that he even does that to even, he said does that, this to make 
the riches of his glory shine even brighter. The more he's punishing some people in hell, the more he looks so good to those he has helped. What would happen? How can I enjoy heaven if my best friend is not in heaven? How can I enjoy heaven if my dad, my mom, my daughter, my son, somebody I really love, let alone a dog. How can I enjoy heaven if I find out that you won't even have time to be thinking that way? One, because the Bible says that we know in part, but then when perfection comes, we shall know fully. You will know properly. We know in part in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 and 12, somewhere there. We know in part. We know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, all right. So he says that, watch this. You'll be saying when you say, what will happen when I'm in heaven? And my best friend or my sister, I love her so much. I see in hell. How can I enjoy heaven? When we get to heaven, the focus of anything, do people think we are going to heaven to just go and eat and dancing and dancing? No. The Say it's part of the plan. In heaven, it's more about everything being unified in Christ. Being unified. So we are all in Christ. It's it's an example of marriage. They all become one. The two become one. We are buried in Christ. We are fused in Christ. Christ is God. So in heaven, it's like God is so much in us. We are so much in God. And still, he is God. And guess what? We are just enjoying God. Enjoying God. And when you are enjoying God, guess what? As soon as you have a piece of taste of him, hmm, oh my goodness, and I could have missed this. I don't even deserve this. So you will be over, over, Whelmed or preoccupied with your lack of worthiness more than who is not here. Because anyone who is not here, you know they are not worthy. Even you, you are not worthy. I shouldn't be here. You can't be querying why. You, you, I, sh- I shouldn't be here. I, 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 sh- I shouldn't be here. I, I shouldn't be here. And you are, you are overwhelmed with humility and gratitude that all the song you'll be singing is, you are worthy to receive all the honor. You died to save me, all the lamb. You are worthy. We'll be singing the songs of redemption. We can't overcome. We can't get over the fact that you did this for me. Now you may not understand. Because you, are, you didn't choose yourself. You are not worthy. I am not worthy. Then out of the blue, he just plans to include you in the plan. Before he gives everybody what they deserve. He said, let me take you out so I can show my goodness, my love on some people. And then now the rest, just to make sure I am a righteous judge, give everybody what they deserve. And nobody deserves anything good because we've all been bad. Bible says we are all gone astray. So as he gives them, Bible says that, what if he's showing, willing to show the brightness of his glory? So when you see, put it again, the, verse 22, verse 22. In the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger, his anger and his power, he's very patient with those on whom, uh, on whom his anger falls, who are destined for destruction. So he's patient, he's waiting for a certain time. And look at the next verse. Oh, he does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those to whom he 
shows mercy who were prepared in advance for glory. So you don't deserve it, but you just, to whom he shows what? To whom he does what? Shows mercy. Now, what I told you, mercy means that you are supposed to be punished, but he said, I have to find a way of letting you be excused. So instead of you being punished, he puts a system in place that takes the punishment of his wrath, and then you get excused. So once you get excused, it feels like, God, this is so beautiful. Then when you look at those you were in the same car with, the car bent. They were bent beyond recognition, but you escaped unscathed. You, like Syria, some people, when they come alive, they... When they look at the number of people who died, and people who were even in a place that should have lived easily, and where they were, they lived, they can't blame government for the people's death. They are more grateful for their life. Someone comes to rescue you, and they couldn't rescue this one, and you are blaming them for leaving this one. So what I'm trying to say, they should have let you to die. They should have saved her. But you know, they can't save everybody. They can't save everybody. So they only had three lifeboats. And there were 30 people in, and they gave you one, and they gave him one, they gave her one. And now when you come out, you say, I'll sue them for not saving the other people. You will say, but, wh- wh- but why did they even choose me? Because, because I don't even deserve it. I, 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 because because, because they, I know these people are very um, funny towards men or women or, or my race or funny towards people who don't have this kind of money. I don't have money. Rich people died. But why, why did they save me? And they said, you come. No, 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 you, you come. They said, you're wondering, the rest of my life, I owe it to you. Because what you've done for me, I couldn't have done it myself. When you get to heaven, you'll be so busy adoring God that you know you, are, should, have, you should, be, should have been in hell. And you are busy adoring God that when even you see the beauty of God's clear justice, it makes you feel, I want to worship you for how pure you are, because I know you are pure. Then you understand the purity of God when he's judging people who have worked against him. Very, very important. But let, let's go to the plan. Say the plan. the plan. Say it's a plan. It's a plan. Oh, come on. Some of you are getting tired already. Say it's a plan. It's a plan. Because some of you are getting very bored because this is getting deep. Because we have churches filled with people who won't teach God's word. And trying to keep people, to entertain them. So what do you want? They find out what you like. So say it what you like, but not what you lack. we preach. I like that. Colossians chapter 1 verse 28. Him we preach. That's our job in church. Him we preach. Him we preach. Him we preach. Christ. Talk about Christ. Christ we preach. Christ we preach. Warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. Why? That we may present every man perfectly. We want to present you matured in Christ. You are grown up. You are full of Christ. That's the job of a pastor. Not to make you feel very entertained. Why would you go to school or a lecturer, his job, he wants to come and entertain you? You fail your exams. Yeah. If you take your, your child to school and then they come back, what did you learn? Oh, today we were dancing. We were, oh, we were, Daddy, I was so happy. What did you do? We were playing and dancing and the teacher was dancing with us. Okay, every day, dancing with us. You are preparing for 11 plus. And your, your tutor has been dancing with you every day. 
you, your father will not, if he's a wise man, he won't take you back. <laughs> I brought my child for you to teach my child, not to entertain them or not. You didn't come to church to be made happy. You come to church to be prepared to be, he said, we, we, we preach Christ, okay? What is the purpose of preaching? That we will be presented matured in him. Presented mature, perfect in him. That you will be presented matured in Christ. So when someone marries you in church, they don't regret. Because they know they've married a Christian. Many years living with you, 10 years living with you, 15 years living with you, it only gets better, not bitter. Why? Because someone is growing in Christ. All right, let me get back to what I'm teaching. It's, it's a plan. Say it's a plan. It's a plan. So God, in, in, in um, first, first PR chapter 1 verse 20, first PR 1 20, look at what it says. He indeed was foreordained, that's talking about Jesus Christ being the Lamb of God, okay? He indeed was foreordained, Amen. He was foreordained when? Give me New Living Translation. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. Before human beings were created, God has chosen Christ to die for us. It's what? It's a what? It's a what? It's a plan. God has had his plan before the world began. Christ wouldn't have been sacrificed before the world began. It's a plan. It's the beginning of time and the climaxing of time. So why he did that, it's to be justified in the climax of time. Before the world began. It's all replete in the New Testament in different places. How things were done before the world began. We just read it from Fresco. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, he chose us in him before the foundation. He chose us in him before the foundation of the, of, the, of the world. In the book of Revelations chapter 13 verse 8, Revelations chapter 17 verse 8. Look at that. It says the same thing. All who dwell on the, on the earth will worship him whose name have not yet been written in the book of, uh, in the book of, the, of life of the Lamb. Slain when? From the foundation. So he was slain from the foundation. Look at verse, chapter 17, verse um, 8. The beast you saw was, uh, you, you saw was, and is not, and will ascend out of the uh, bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on earth will marvel, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the earth. From the foundation of the earth. Things have been done from the foundation of the earth. So what am I trying to suggest? Before the the program began, God has already had a plan in place. Tell someone, God has a plan in place for you. Say, say, God has a plan in place for you. Is someone receiving something? This is church message. Gone are the days, you won't have it here anymore. Gone are the days when people come to church, they want a particular something to hear, entice their ears, tingle their ears. No, we hear the message of God. We want to talk about the plan of God. God has got a plan. 
So once you understand that God has got a plan and you are part of the plan, you know that your life is an, it's not a mistake. Yeah. Your parents might have conceived you by accident, but you are, you are, still, part, you are still part of the plan. Yeah. Your life is not an error. You're, in spite of all that you have done in the past, your life is still part of the plan. Yeah. Hallelujah. That tells you that you can be the worst criminal of all, but if you are found in Christ, God doesn't care because your, part is, your life is still part of the plan. You, a most criminal of all criminals can end up being a preacher. The finest of all preachers. Why? Because it was a, it's a plan. Not because they are so intelligent, but because God has a plan. And God included them in the plan. When, did God, when does God include people in a plan? Not when they come to church, before they are born. Before their mother was born. Before Adam was born. Some people, listen, the reason why you are here is not because of the decision you made recently, but it's because God has already gotten you in the plan. Romans chapter 8 verse 29 says that those he foreknew, he also predestined. Can you imagine? For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be, to be conformed into the image of his son. That he will be, you see, summing everything in him. That will be the first, putting everything in him. He, he foreknew you. God foreknew you. God foreknew you. So that's good news for somebody. What's the good news? You've done some bad things in the past, but God doesn't care about your credit history. He doesn't have it. He doesn't work with your credit history. He works with what? What does he work with? Ah, you got it. What does he work with? <laughs> he has a plan. He has a, he's a project manager. He has a plan already. Before you were born, he has a plan. So before you even entered into all those bad things you did, his plan was, nothing changes his plan. I can show you in the Bible. I can show you Ephesians chapter 1. It's there. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. It talks about how he has done all this. It says that in him, in him also, we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to what? The purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of, not according to your good behavior. Come on. He, he, he's, he's, he has a plan. In Romans chapter 8, I read it, but I read verse 29. In the verse 28, he said, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called what? His plan. Plan. God has got a plan. God has got a plan. And the plan, the plan of God spans all of time. So everything that is going on in the United Kingdom, God has already covered it in the plan. Whatever is going on in Saudi Arabia, whatever is going on in America, whatever is going on in India, whatever is going on in uh, Jamaica, whatever is going on in Nigeria, whatever is going on in Somalia, whatever is going on in South Africa, whatever is going on in Canada, whatever is going on in Ukraine, whatever is going on anywhere in the world, God has got it covered in his plan already. But why is it that people are dying? Why is it that the earthquake came and people died? Oh, you asked the question. You are not the first to ask. I'm glad you did ask because you are not the first to ask. They also asked Jesus in Luke chapter 13, verse 2. Luke chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. And Jesus gave them the answer in verse 3 and then verse 4. And they gave the answer in verse 5. They, they came and says that uh, um, Pontius Pilate mixed some people's blood with pigs for sacrifice. That's an insult. He killed them and slaughtered them and mixed their blood for sacrifice. How can you do, what have these guys done to, to, to go through such brutalities? They asked Jesus, and do you know the answer Jesus gave them? Jesus said, Jesus answered and said, do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners of all 
other Galileans because of such, uh, because they suffered such things. He said, listen, people go through this because we are living in a fallen world. The only thing that excuses you is that unless, he said, I tell you, but unless you repent, you are also going down that way. Something unfortunate will happen to you. And God won't do anything about it because we live in a fallen world. But he's working with his plan. He has a plan. And then look at the next verse. He said, oh, the tower that fell. Tower has been falling a long time ago in Siloam. Killed 18 people. Towers have been falling or on, those, on, on those 18 on whom the towers of Siloam fell and killed them. Do you think they are worse sinners than all the other people you are talking about? How can this happen to people? He, he said, you don't talk, start thinking about yourself. Unless you repent, you shall also likewise perish. Wow. Wow. The plan of God covers repentance. The plan of God is to give immunity to repented people. From satanic assault, from demonic harassment. <laughs> so it's in the plan. It's in the plan. So God has a plan. God has a plan, and the plan had a beginning. So before the time began, look, look, look at this. Look at this. You, if I come and see you in your garden, and you are digging the ground, and then scooping the soil out, and pouring milk and something, unless you are having a mental health attack. <laughs> no, if you are not having a mental health episode, mm-hmm. it, you must be doing something. Yeah. And it might be something worth doing. You won't dig the ground, and then dig, dig. you go to um, B&Q, go and buy this, all this digging stuff, it's, and some of them are expensive. You dug, 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 and then you pour milk, you buy very expensive organic milk from uh, Max and Spencer, and you pour it in, then you finish. Say, okay, I'm done, I'm gone. <laughs> well, why would you go to what? So God doesn't have anything doing. He just had to say, oh, okay, um, I think let me just create the earth. It just created. No. Wow. No, he had a plan. He had, he had a plan. He had a plan. He had a plan. It's called the eternal economy of God. Wow. He had a plan. So if we have found ourselves on this earth, we should remember there's a plan for this earth. He has a plan. Everybody's going to die one day. Many people have come and they are gone. Some are awaiting judgment of doom. Some are also in bliss, in paradise. Because they are found in Christ. But Christ, before Christ came, how about those who died before? Those who died before and obeyed God through his word, they were looking forward to Christ. So the work of Christ, that's why it has to be before the foundation of the earth. It's already been executed. So it covers everyone who lives, even before it's manifested in time. It covers. It's covered already. So Abraham was covered. Moses was covered. David was covered. Solomon was covered. Um, uh, Elijah, Jeremiah, Joseph, all these guys were covered. They were covered. How? Before the work, because the work of Christ is at, from the foundation of the earth. So all of us are equally covered by the same amount of covering. Hallelujah. Just that he came in time, at the fullness of time. He came, God sent forth his son, 
born of a woman. He died under the cross. But his death on the cross had already its impact, its implication, its efficacy covers from beginning to the end. God's got a plan, please. God's got a plan. So when you get born again, your job is to find out how you can work with God's plan. God, what's your plan? Because what? Not how I feel. Ah, you don't know how I feel. What I've done, what happened to me in life. Something has happened to everybody in life. Everybody. And your situation is far better than many. But you, you don't understand. But you don't understand. You see, because you overemphasize on that, that is why it stresses you more. Yeah. If your younger sister takes, maybe you bought a new car and takes some something metal and scratch this car and thinking that I know when you check he's, he's scratch I love my sister <laughs> oh no this is wrong place to, to define your love <laughs> and that one and then you park your car in your neighborhood and some people are fully troublesome they hate you when you come at the time you come in the Monday written I love my sister they scrapped the car, scratched the car. Is it not the same thing they wrote? But with this, you can handle it. With this, it, even though it's painful what they've done to the car, you feel, I will retaliate. I will retaliate. I will find these guys. I know who did it. But this one, too, you know who did it. Yeah, but. It doesn't hurt that much. When you begin to overthink it, ah, they've not treated me well, I've not been treated well. The only thing you get with a lot of anger, you're always filled with anger, 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 because they've not treated me well. Others have not been treated well, but they are busy building their lives. So they are not bitter like you. Yeah. Wow. Think you are the only one who lost your boyfriend. Please give me a break. It's a plan. God has got a plan. God, is someone catching something? Yeah. God has got a plan. And when we come to church, the job of the pastor is help people come to recognition with the plan of God, not just to receive miracle, receive breakthrough, receive a husband. Those things are just miniature, trivial parts of life. When you receive a husband, is that the end of your life? If you get all the money, is that the end of your life? Why should we focus as though life is about money? Why do we focus as though life is about what they call social justice? Do you even need social in front of it? Justice is justice. So you want me to team up with you to uh, insult your dad because you hate your dad? I don't have time with that, for that. Yeah. I don't, yeah, your dad hasn't tried, but I don't have time for that. There's more in you that if you focus on, your dad will regret for abandoning you. Yeah. You'll be shining so high in life, he regrets because there's too much in you yes. for us to channel your energy on the bitter and the bad things that happen to you. Come on, grow up. Bad things happen to a lot of yes. good people. Be strong and, and move forward with your life. Why you, you, you fell? So you, why, why do you choose to lie on the ground because you fell? That's a failure. But if you fall, you are not a failure. Get up again. How many of you fell when you were trying, attempting to walk? Many times. Many times. Have you, how many of you have seen a toddler fall? They say, mommy, I won't work again. Ah, I work again. You see, that's what you've been doing. That's what you've been doing. <laughs> because you fell one and I won't do school again. Hey, hey, go back.
back to school. Go back to school. My pastor, you don't know, I failed seven times. Not, did you say 70 or seven? Oh, seven. Wait, when you get to 70, come and let's talk. But keep going. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need to finish. I need to finish. I, the, I only quoted one scripture. I haven't finished it. I said Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. Isn't that where we started from? Let's go to the New American Standard Version again because that one said some interesting things there. With a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of time. There's an administration, there is an economy, there is a dispensation, there is a plan, there is a manifest, there's a program, or there is a project management that is suitable to the fullness of time because the plan is that this must happen at this time, this must happen at this time, this must happen at this time, this must happen at this time. All is climaxing, culminating to a certain climax in the fullness of time. So God starts from somewhere and guess what? His objective is to get this at the end of the days, at the end of the day, or in the fullness of time, at the climax of time, his plan is to get this. And guess what? He's going to get it. That's what makes him good. In the good times and the bad times, all things work together. He's, he's, he's planning it. And he's working it out. He's working it out. He's working it out. Now, it is called the economy of God. The plan of God. He has a plan. He has a plan. So now when you look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 4. I, I think um, it might not make sense to start the reading with no give. So let's start from verse, so at least, verse, verse 3. Verse 3 is not part of it, but really just to make sense of it. I urge you, when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Hmm, that alone is so good. Tell him, don't start teaching things. Don't start. So what are no other doctrine? Teach doctrine is set of beliefs, set of uh, belief, the, the, the things that have been given for our faith. And they have an objective because they are all playing part of the plan. Because if I teach you certain doctrine, there are some churches, if you go and keep hearing, keep hearing, keep hearing, you'll be living with your boyfriend and messing up your destiny or with your girlfriend or you will never preach to anybody. You will fight in church. You will still, you will live a certain life that excludes you from God's righteous program or blessings. Who teaches you matter? It matters. Whether I like it or not, you wouldn't be choosing some better schools. Or you wouldn't say, I want my child to go to that school because you know that school. Some of us, our problem is the school you attended. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? The school, no, almost about 90% of your classmates have been in prison after school. Because the head teacher, because the head teacher is bad, is not good. There's no order in the class. No, no, the, rating is super bad. Super bad. Ofsted rating for your school is super bad. 
as bad as it can get. They said in the whole country, this is the worst they have ever seen in the school. No assignments are done. They don't teach. After you go to the class, people are just sitting on their boyfriends. And everybody is doing anything in the class. Yes. You see what I'm saying? So what you are learning, some of you, your advantage is because of the school you went to. It's really helped you. They drill some discipline in your life. That's one of the things that make certain universities differ from others or better because of the rigorous nature of the academic program. It's, you don't have time to mess up. When someone is doing medicine, you know they don't have time. Because it's rigorous. It's, it's, the rigor is intense. Because of you are going to handle lives. So they have to put you through enough pressure to prepare you to handle life. So teaching is important. So what, one of the main reasons why, listen to this very carefully so you don't miss it. One of the main reasons why, reasons why we are in church is not to just find friends. One of the main reasons why we are in church is to be exposed to a certain type of teaching that will make us relevant in the plan. The plan. Because God has got a plan. That's, what you, that's why he has saved you. Not because you are so miserable. Not because you are, you are uh, underprivileged or less privileged. Not because things haven't worked for you, been through too much, so he's saving you. For what? He's saving you because he's got a plan. He's got a plan. And when you come in, as soon as you come in, you might not know, but you need someone who will teach you to know that there's a plan already going on. And you've come in and now you have to find a way to position yourself so you can be relevant in the plan. Can you imagine if you become so relevant in the plan, would you be relevant to God? You can't be relevant in his plan and just die as a chicken prematurely. No! It's in his interest to defend your health. It's in his interest to protect your health, to protect your life, to protect your life. It's in his interest because you are in the plan. And you are working effectively in the plan. The reasons why I know, one of the reasons why I know I can't die early is I'm too busy in the plan. Come to church. They say, Pastor, he's so sick. He can't come to church. No. Why? Because I'm busy in the plan. That's when his immunity kicks in. He has to keep me going. We need to keep our king covered because we need him in our country. That's why he's a very important person because he's not just privileged. No, he's a very important person in the United Kingdom. The king and the prince and the princes for that matter. The royal family. They help boost the economy as well. They help give us a certain identity other nations don't have. Americans love it. They, they just, just love to see our royal family. Because look at when the queen passed. Beautiful funeral. So lovely. No, it's only UK that can put up this beautiful show. But it makes us unique. So the royal family, we need the royal family for our own British identity. They are in the plan. How much more you in God's eternal plan? Say, I'm in the plan. I'm in the plan. 
So stop the squabbles and I didn't like the way that girl said what, what she said to me. I had to get over it because you are in a plan. There's a bigger plan of God for your life. Oh, but, but my health, I've been having health challenges. Get, get, just get busy plugging into the plan. He will cover you where it's necessary. He will cover you. But how come they killed Stephen? He was preaching, they killed him. It was also in the plan. So he didn't live for himself. He lived for the plan. <laughs> this is the plan. God has got a plan. God has got a plan. God has got a plan. So let's go back to the first Timothy and I have to end. As I urged you when I went to Macedonia, remain in Ephesus that you may, that you may, that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Let's all say, no other doctrine. No other doctrine. One of the things I can't do is to start teaching you what you want to hear. Teaching you what sounds, what to sell or trend on social media. Did social media send me? It's professional more practice to begin to tell you things that the one who sent me has not asked me to. I mean, you're a nurse. You are community nurse. You are going to attend to people at, in their homes. And you go, you are giving them medication that uh, you've not been sent to give them. Oh, but you think, I'm just nice. I just want to, you know, this woman likes these sweet medications. And they, they, please, they, they have to strike you, not just even suck you, they strike you off the register. And some pastors and some church leaders have already been struck off by God. They've been struck off. Because they are not, they are not feeding the plan of God. They are actually an offense to the plan of God. That's how Peter, Jesus turned to Peter. He said, you are an offense to me. Because you are telling me to abort the plan of God. When I tell you I'm going to the cross, you, Matthew chapter 16, verse 23. You, he said, but, 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 but he turned to Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. Why? Because I am so busy. Jesus was so preoccupied. Why did he come on earth? He didn't come to come and have fun. He came for a plan. He came for a plan. He said himself in, in John chapter 9 verse 4, I must work the works of him who sent me whilst his day. For the night can when no man can work. In Luke chapter, in Luke chapter 2 verse 48, 49, 50, when they found him in the temple, he was sitting with that as a boy, 12 years old. He was sitting with the elders and the mother said, son, why have you done this to us? Well, we have been looking for you and father and I. He said, don't you know I have to be about my father's business? I came, there is a plan. There is a plan. There's a plan. Jesus said to them in the book of John, to this end have I been born. He said, this is why I came on earth. This is why I came. Pontius Pilate wanted to excuse him from dying. He said, you don't have the power. Go ahead. You are, you, he said, him who delivered me to you is, is worthy of greater sin, has committed great. Not you. Don't be worried. Because according to Acts chapter, chapter 2, Bible says that Jesus Christ, Acts 2, verse 22, Jesus, a man attested by God with signs and wonders. Verse 23 is an amazing, I, like, just, I just love verse 23. God has a plan. Look at verse 23. Can't, can't you see the plan of God as well? Being delivered. Jesus was delivered. Him being delivered. How? How? By the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. It's not an accident. God was working behind his death. Because he loves you so much. Someone needs to die for your sins. Hallelujah. He was working. 
God was what he said, by the predetermined and the foreknowledge of God, they took with lawless hand and crucified. So they were, they were, if God was not involved, they would have still done it. Yes. But God is, is called the, the, the sovereignty, no, it's called the providence of God. They were doing what they would do anyway, just like the way Joseph's brothers got rid of him. They would have gotten rid of him anyway, but God used that wickedness of man to achieve his purpose. That's what makes God sovereign. That's, called the pro- providence is more powerful than a miracle. Where you decided that I'm going to do this, I'll do this by your own will, not knowing what you're actually doing. You actually fulfill. You say, I'm going to shut down that church. I'm going to gossip against that church. I'm going to. But God needed that because He has promised the church that I'm about to promote you. Wow. It's called the, 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 the providence of God. It's called providence of God. God is at work. You killed Him by the predetermined. According to the predetermined, predetermined counsel of God, you took him and killed him. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 27, they said it again in their prayer. That, that truly against your holy servant, Jesus Christ, whom you anointed, but, ooh, ooh, both, Herod, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel were gathered together, look at this, to, to do what your hand and your pepper... Herod, enemy of God. Pontius Pilate, enemy of God. The people were against Jesus. They all connived. They teamed up. And their teaming up was ending up to do what God, whatever God's hand and purpose are determined when, before to be done. What do you think, why do you think a man, a human being, can stop what God wants to do with your life? Because they, simply because they don't like you. Listen, let me tell you, if you don't like someone who is working with God, you are wasting your breath. Yeah. It won't amount to it. You will be, you see, listen, it's like, I, it's like I come here and I want to change this whole building with my forehead by scratching my hand on the forehead. At the end of the day, the impression will not be on the wall. It will be on my face. Wow. It will be on my face. You want to hurt someone God is using, you will be the victim. Yeah. Not the... <laughs> you will be the victim in life and permanently without recovery. Because you chose to temper with someone in the plan. Wow. Wow. Go ask Judas how he ended. He died before the one he betrayed died. Wow. Please sit down. I feel like preaching, but I have my time. Sit down. Please sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Let's get what Christianity is about properly. United Kingdom is not a Christian nation. Most of the political appointees are not representing Jesus. But it doesn't mean that they are bad people. They are not bad people. But please, God also has got his plan. When Jesus came, it was the, the leaders, religious leaders who killed him. They put political pressure. Kill him! Kill him! Politics has always been like that. Because if you're a politician... You have, to, you, you have to do what the people like. Yeah. It makes you popular. And everybody, even whether you are a politician or not, actually likes to be popular. Yeah. So sometimes when God calls you to preach pure, what people don't like, it's a hard, very hard assignment. Because you are preaching to people who hate you. Wow. So when he called Saul, Paul, in Acts chapter um, 26, 
Verse 17. He said, I will deliver you. Because where I'm sending is bad. He said, I will deliver you from the Jews. Watch this. From the Jewish people as, as well as from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you. I am sending you to people I have to deliver you from. So why are you sending me? Because you have something to help them. I want to help them, but they will hate you. They think, hmm, I don't like what you're teaching. There are some people sitting here. You just can't stand what I'm teaching. Who cares? Yes. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? I'm not afraid of you. Yes. Go have an assignment. Yes. In a few years, you are going to die. In a few years, others are going to die. Why should I fear you and allow people to go to hell? Yeah. Yeah. Who are you? Excuse me. He said, I'm going to deliver you from the people I'm sending you. I'm sending you for what purpose? God has a plan. He said to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from, from the power of Satan to God, that they will receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And yet he said they will kill you. I have to deliver you. So he said I'm sending you, but I'm with you to deliver you from the people I'm sending you to. And I'm sending you to open their eyes. They are blind, so they'll fight you. They are in darkness, so they'll fight you. They are under the power of Satan, so they will hate you. But they are not themselves, so I need to deliver you from them. And that's why they kill prophets. That's why many people hate preachers like me. But I'm, I'm ready for it. Yes. Why? Because I have cover. If I was working for myself, I would have been concerned. But I'm, 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 I'm fronting for a plan. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. My heart is heavy with God's agenda. And it, it bothers me the blindness of the heart of wicked men. Satan has blinded their hearts and is worrying in our times and in our community how people who are supposed to be preachers are actually not preachers. They are satanists. Many are projected as men of God, but they are actually men of the enemy. They are antichrist. Just watch their presentation. And I dare you, sit under them for three hours or for 30 minutes and see if anything Christ yeah. will, you, will develop in you. Yeah. Nothing, no hunger for Christ. You will not be convicted of sin. You will not feel drawn, drawn to Christ. Not, God's plan doesn't even show. There's, there's nothing, there's not, some of the things they are saying, you can go to school and get it. Some of the things they are saying, you can go anywhere, you can get this. If I go for a seminar, tell me how to make money, billions in three days, you can pay for some stuff, you can get these things. You didn't come to, I didn't come to church to come and learn about anger management. <coughs> There's not a place for it. Please tell me about the economy of God. Tell me about the economy of God. The more I know him, I'll find myself. The more I know him, life, life will make sense. That it's all the pieces will connect to come together. Teach me Jesus. Give me Jesus. The essence of genuine preaching is him we preach. Now let me add this. I, I was going to say this morning in the main service, but let me add this. He said, Colossians 1:28, him we 
preach. I like that bit so much. Teaching. Teaching and admonishing. We how do we preach him? Him we preach. So you see, listen, I am teaching you, but this teaching is like plate. It's like a plate con- con- conveying something organic. Many teachings are plates, but there's no organic Christ on it wow. for people to consume. Wow. So we are preaching. We are teaching, we are giving speeches in churches behind pulpits, but people are still dying because Christ is not being saved. But I said, him we preach, teaching. So this teaching is supposed to be serving Christ. You can be teaching. It doesn't mean every teaching will project Christ. It doesn't mean every teaching will feed. Some teachings don't feed. They can even educate. Some teachings can educate your mind, but it didn't feed you with Christ. The puppet is not for social issues. The, the puppet is not for private issues. The puppet is not for even spiritual issues. The puppet is for Christ issuing. Issuing of Christ. Issuing of Christ. Issuing of Christ. The church puppet. As we issue Christ, the picture becomes holistic. We begin to get a picture. Because, oh, the plan. There's a plan. The plan. There's a plan. Let me finish this. See, what, that's why Paul said, I left you in Crete. So you warned them that they teach no other doctrine. That's how wrong teaching is frowned upon by God. Oh, it's just, anyone who tells you, oh, just about love. Once you love, please. It's a misrepresentation of the message of Christ. Yeah. It's a misrepresentation. He said more things. When he said love, your neighbor ask yourself. It's just one. Someone came and saw him. Yeah. But he said so many teachings, so many things going to the world. We, we, we marginalize all that. He says about love. He said about love. Just love one another. We love one another and live peacefully. For what? <laughs> so everybody can enjoy their life and die, and then what happens? Yeah. And then, then, then what happens? Yeah. And then what happens? There's, there's a creator, and before he created, he had a plan already, and he put everything in progress. That at the climax of time, you the preacher, you the Christian, whatever you are doing, it should be feeding into the climax, except at the end of the ages, all things are going to be climaxed in him. So, the way you are living your Christian life, you, and you, and you, you, the way you are living your Christian life, don't lose sight of the fullness of time. When time is now folding up, when time is finishing, what you're going to say you have done to contribute to the plan. Say, 1 Timothy 1, 3. As I urge you when I went to Macedonia, that remains, uh, remain in Ephesus that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Every good Christian church must warn people not to teach any other doctrine. Mm-hmm. What are other doctrines? Look at it. Look at the next one. 
nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is in faith. Now, that's godly edification. Give us um, New American Standard Version, then English Standard Version. Nor pay attention to myths and all kinds of stories. This one, this is, some of it is not going anywhere. Like, you know, original blacks are the proper Jews. All this, it's, it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. They are the proper Jews. And you know, Jesus was a black man. Okay, and so what? So, so what, what, what should I do with it? Jesus is, Jesus, is not, is, 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 Jesus is not a European. Whoever told you Jesus is a European? Read your Bible a little bit. At least just read the Bible and you find out that Mary was not European. Excuse me. Mary was not European. He doesn't, never, never came to Europe. <laughs> At least she was even closer to Saudi than. <laughs> Nor pay attention to myths and endless genealogies which give rise to mere speculations rather than feathering the, you see that word, you see, you see nothing, that word. Feathering the economy of God, which is by faith. We are here to further that, that thing, administration of God. That's why we are here. That's why I'm preaching. Not because I need a pay. Not because I need gifts. Because what will a gift do for you? You enjoy it for a moment and you need another one. How long can you enjoy Listen, 100,000 pounds will not really change your destiny. Let alone 1,000 pounds. Those who have been stealing, it, it will not change your life. Yeah. You did fraud. You've done fraud, fraud. 10,000, what did he do for you? Yeah. What did he for? Do, no, you couldn't even afford a proper holiday. <laughs> Could have gone to Dubai, 100, and go and live in the best believer. So I'm not saying going there is wrong. There's nothing wrong in going on holiday. There's nothing wrong. But I'm talking, why are you stealing to spoil your future? I'm talking to somebody, you'll be caught one of these days. Oh, yeah, 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 you'll be caught. They are aware of you. The authorities are aware of you. But they are giving you more rope because if you give a fool enough rope, he'll hang himself. You are gathering the evidence against your destiny. Well, so how much, man? But we are preaching this preaching, put it back. Rather than further, so they, who? There are some teachings that don't further the administration of God. That's what I'm trying to say. There are certain preachings, there are certain teachings, there are certain systems, they don't further it. They rather distract from it. So he said, warn them that it's not every teaching they should teach or they should not give their attention to some things. From today, you have to choose that some things is not worth your yeah. attention. Yeah. Why? Because it's not feathering the administration. Let's say uh, 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 EVS and then no, to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than stewardship from God. See, that same word. Administration, stewardship. I'm t- I told you. Administration, stewardship. Okay, let's see the uh, uh, amplified. It means it, the original Greek word is oikonomia. God's economy. It means the plan of God. It means that, this is a lot. It means the purpose of God. <laughs> this is a lot. Now give, uh, give importance to 
or occupy themselves with legends, fables, myths, and endless genealogies which foster and promote useless speculations. You are speculating, okay, so it is useless speculations. Useless speculation and questionings rather than, rather than acceptance in faith of God's administration and the divine training that is in faith that, uh, in, that, in that learning of the entire human personality, uh, the, sorry, the leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust. So he says that the, we should give ourselves to what, what, uh, what, what, instead of something that brings questionings and, and speculations, rather what brings acceptance in faith of God's administration, that's what, God's bigger plan. You have to, you accept it in faith. You accept, uh, it, feel, it means that that means I should forgive my dad who has been so wicked against me. Yes. Yes. I have to. Does that mean I should accept my dad? Uh, my boyfriend who did this against me, should I, should, does that mean I should forgive him? Does that mean I should forgive? Yes, it's not about you. It's about a bigger plan. So forgive him so God, there's no bitterness in your heart. So God can use you. Acts 39, then Saul, who is called Paul, filled the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. Listen, listen to what he said to this guy who was blocking the gospel. He said, Oh, fool of all subtlety and all mischief, a child of the devil, thou an enemy of all righteousness, will thou not cease to pervert the right way? Some preachers are like that. They are, and yet they are called bishops. They pervert the right ways of God. Wow. Pervert the right ways of God. That's why Paul said, before I go, I want to warn you. Warn them that they don't teach anything. They shouldn't listen to everything. Other than that, it will be watered down very quickly. In effect, what I'm trying to say is, God's got a plan. There's a plan. God is a project manager. This whole earth is project earth. And man is the most important, the highlight of God's creation on earth. Why? Because the real highlight is coming. And the real highlight is what he's going to do with man. What is he going to do with man? He created man so that he can put himself into man. And then when he puts himself into man, that is the beauty of all the ages. And that is what is called church. Church, the definition of church is human beings with God inside them. And all of them are yet one body. It's a mystery. We are interconnected, one body. Doesn't matter our backgrounds, our status, our races, our ages, our sexes, all those things don't matter. What matters is Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the church. And that's why God created the earth. Now, the church at this stage, we are not in our full, because fullness of time hasn't come. The church is still growing, and we are being fed the word of God. We are growing to become more like Christ. By the end of the ages, you see what God has done. And the angels stand and say, whoa, this is amazing. Wow. We didn't realize this is what God is doing. Wow. Wow. In the calm, in the climax of time, God started a project. It hasn't ended yet. It's still, the plan is still going on. David Entry is here today. He will finish his own and go. You are here. You will finish your own and go. Some of you, one day you'll be the preacher. Preaching. Yeah. Because it's not mine. God has a plan. 
So today he is using me, but tomorrow, after I'm gone, I'm dead and gone if he calls me. Or maybe he even reassigned me to go to Ukraine. So I might be in Ukraine, I might be in Syria, I might be busy, and someone will be doing this, and some of you will be going to other Scotland, in France. It, it, yeah, it's, it's a plan, it's a plan. So we don't focus on our convenience and our comfort, but we focus on the plan. We focus on the plan. And anyone who interferes with your focus on the plan comes into what Peter came into. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, for you are an offense to me. That's why Paul, when they told him, don't go and die in Jerusalem, he said, listen, I'm not only ready to die for the, to, uh, to suffer for this, I'm ready to die. That, he, put, he said something, Acts chapter 20, verse 21, 23. He said, I'm ready to not only to suffer, but to die. That it says that uh, none of these things move me, which says, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. Why? Why? That's, that's the Christian life. It's a race. And everyone, because there's a plan, as soon as they give you the baton, run. Run. It's a race. So you might finish it. Paul said, I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith and I've finished my course. Then he says that verse 8, down there, there's laid for me a crown of glory. Because at the climax of time, there will be rewards. God bless you for listening to this powerful message. May the power of God be evident in your life. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube and listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry at Caris Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Caris on Campus on Snapchat so you are always up to date. Be blessed.